I told Nancy a few weeks ago, I said, you know, after all that we've been going through this 2020, um, you know, everything that's been happening, everything that's been going on, all the stuff that's been going on around the world and our country and the nation, everything. I said, wouldn't it be cool if this year, this Christmas, we have a white Christmas? Like, I think we deserve a white Christmas. Like, I think we deserve some snow on Christmas. Not the type of snow you've got to shovel out. Like, I've done that once before. That's no fun. But like, you know, just enough snow to make it look pretty, just enough snow to make it look festive. Like, I thought, man, wouldn't it be cool if this year, to, to, to end the year off, we have a white Christmas? And Nancy looked at me and she says, mm, not likely. I mean, we live in Texas, and that could happen, but chances are it's not likely, but it could happen. It could. It could. We could see snow. We could see these things, but I, I don't know it, whether it does or does not. What I want to talk about today and over the next few weeks in the course of our series, I'm starting a new series today called White Christmas. White Christmas. But it's not so much talking about the weather. We're really talking about the condition of the heart as it relates to forgiveness. As it relates to forgiveness. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, Israel, the children of Israel are in a state of rebellion and sin towards God. They're just outright defying God and how they're living their lives. And so God sees to it through the prophet Isaiah to deliver a message to the children of Israel. And one of the things he reminds Israel of, we see it in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. And this will kind of be our our launching pad for our series over the next few weeks. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. This is God reminding the children of Israel of this very thing. Isaiah 1, 18 says, come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, They shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Or another translation says, as white as wool. And so God is is reminding the children of Israel through the prophet Isaiah, you're in sin, you're in rebellion, but I'm reminding you what is available to you. My forgiveness is available to you. If you would just repent of your sin and ask for forgiveness, I'll forgive you. But not only will he forgive them, the Bible says, he says, though your sins are like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. In other words, not only will you be forgiven of sin, but I will actually cleanse you of the stain of sin on your life. I will cleanse you. I will purify you. I will make you clean. I love the fact that They use the description of these two shades of red, scarlet and crimson, very similar to the color of blood. And how many of you know a blood stain is one of the most difficult stains to get off any surface or fabric? It's a hard stain to remove. The makeup of blood makes it very difficult to remove. And God is telling them, it doesn't matter how deep or how bad the stain is, I can wash and cleanse you. If you would only repent of your sin, if you would only ask for forgiveness, I will do this 
for you. And this is the message to the children of Israel. But the good news in all that is the same message that is given to us. The Lord is communicating to each and every one of us this morning that he will forgive us of our sin. But not only will he forgive you of your sin, he will wash you white as snow. And he's communicating to us, just like he was to the children of Israel, that there is no sin stain too deep that I cannot cleanse, that I cannot wash, that I cannot purify. And it's such a wonderful thing to celebrate. It's a wonderful thing to get excited about. But here's the problem. Here's the issue that it lies throughout the course of this series. We love to be recipients of forgiveness. We love to receive forgiveness. But the problem is we have issues giving forgiveness. See, that's the problem. We love to receive forgiveness, but we have issues giving of forgiveness. We have issues forgiving people. We want to be forgiven, but we have issues with forgiving other people. And here's where it gets difficult for us today. This is where this series gets a little difficult and challenging for some of us today. I don't want to minimize in any way the fact that there are people in this room today and there are those of you watching online who have been deeply wounded by people. You have been hurt. You have been wronged. You've received a tremendous hurt and wounding from somebody. And I'm not trying to minimize that in any way because it's serious. And so I know for some of you in here today, there are people in your life, maybe a person, maybe multiple people, who you have a hard time forgiving. You can say, Chris, you just don't know the pain that they've caused me. You don't know the wound that they, that they, they caused me. You don't know all, the, all the, the, the drama they brought in my life. You don't know what they've done to me. You know what? I don't. And there are some of us in here today that are walking around life harboring unforgiveness towards these said individuals. And so this message today might be challenging. It might be even difficult to swallow. It may be even hard to really sit through it. But I, but I encourage you this morning. One of the greatest things that the Lord wants to do in our lives is to rid us of the baggages and bondages of unforgiveness that we hold towards other people. Because he says, if you would just confess your sins, you'll be forgiven. But not only that, you'll be washed white as snow. You'll be clean. You will be purified. That is a promise that is given to us. But it's really hard to live in that forgiveness. It's really hard to live in that type of life when we are walking around harboring unforgiveness and bitterness towards people who have hurt us. And so today, I want to help you and I want to encourage you 
to rid yourself and free yourself of the unforgiveness we may be holding towards another person. We love to receive forgiveness, but it's hard to give forgiveness. So why don't we forgive? Why don't we forgive? Why is it hard for people to forgive? Well, one of the reasons why I believe that it's hard to forgive is I believe that we have a wrong understanding of what forgiveness actually is. We have a wrong understanding of what forgiveness actually is. And so to to, to better uh, 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 describe that or to illustrate that, let me tell you what forgiveness is not. Let me me tell you what it is not, and hopefully this this will help clarify some things for you. What forgiveness is not. Because of our misunderstanding of forgiveness, forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of the offense that was done towards you. Forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of the offense that was done towards you. It's not minimizing it. It's not letting the person that hurt you off the hook. I like to look at it this way. Um, Forgiveness is is me taking the person off of my hook and placing them on God's hook. Like, God, I, I, I can no longer deal with them. God, I leave them for you to deal with. And let me tell you something, that is always the best way. But forgiveness is, is not minimizing the hurt that you received. Forgiveness is not minimizing the pain that you have received. And these are some of the misunderstandings that we, that we live with when it comes to forgiveness. Forgiveness is not denying the hurt. But another thing we need to know about forgiveness and what it is not, forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. Forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. See, reconciliation requires two people. Forgiveness only requires the one, you, me. Reconciliation is about a restoration of the relationship where forgiveness is just about dealing with the offense that you've received. Reconciliation uh, uh, is is an effort to to, to rejoin the person that has offended you. Where forgiveness is you releasing the offender. To reconcile with someone requires us to trust again. And you and I both know in the world that when we live in, That's not always possible. And you may say, well, Chris, shouldn't reconciliation be the byproduct of forgiveness? Well, yes and no. Ultimately, the ultimate goal would be, in in, in a perfect world, would be to be reconciled with people who've wronged you. In a perfect world, that would be awesome. But you and I both know that's not always the case. There are people in this room today that can't even be in the same room with the person that offended you or hurt you. 
Even, even to further that along, even the mention of the offender's name makes you uncomfortable. And so there are times where, where reconciliation with that person is just not possible. That person may be dead. That person may have passed away. But yet, even though that person passed away, we still harbor the unforgiveness at the pain that they have caused you. And so there's a misunderstanding that some of us have about forgiveness. It is not the same as reconciliation. And so where does that leave us today? Forgiveness is not about reconciliation. Forgiveness is, is, is not about uh, letting that person off the hook. Forgiveness is not about you forgetting what happened. Forgiveness is not about you just, just, just shoveling it under the rug and just hoping, it just, I just don't want to see it anymore. That's not forgiveness. The offense, the pain, the hurt, the person that caused you harm, it, it, it's real. And so let's just, let's just shake our misunderstanding of forgiveness. Why don't we forgive? Well, we just have a lack of understanding of what forgiveness is. Another reason why we don't forgive is we just don't think it's fair. We don't think forgiveness is fair. That person does not deserve my forgiveness. If you only knew what they did to me, Chris, you also would agree. That person does not deserve my forgiveness. And you know what? Forgiveness, you may say forgiveness isn't fair, and I would agree with you. Forgiveness is not fair. It's not. It's not. That person doesn't deserve your forgiveness. In the same way, we did not deserve forgiveness. Love this passage of scripture in the gospel of Matthew chapter 18. Peter has this question for Jesus regarding forgiveness. Matthew chapter 18 verse 21 says this, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. What is he saying there? Jesus wasn't trying to give us a, a definitive number. What Jesus was saying is the amount of times that you forgive someone should have no cap on it. The amount of times you forgive someone should have no limitations on it. See, Peter wanted a number. Peter wanted a number because Peter must have been getting fed up with some people. He must have strongly been fed up with some people. He's like, all right, Jesus. Man, how many times must I forgive my brother or sister who does harm to me, who offends me? Seven times? Come on, Jesus, give me a limit. Give me a cap, something. Jesus says, no, 77 times. There should be no limitation on how much forgiveness you give your brother or sister who hurts you. And then Jesus goes into story mode. Verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And so Jesus goes into this story. If you continue reading the text, it talks about a man who owed 10,000 bags of gold to his master. And his master came to the man to collect. 
And this master said, hey, you're, you are bound to this debt. You need to work off this debt. You and your whole family are bound to pay off this debt. And the man said, man, I don't have it. I don't have it. I can't do it. Please, please be patient with me. Please show mercy on me. And what happened? The master took pity on him. He took so much pity on him that he canceled his debt. And he released him. And so the master lets this man go free of his debt, released of his debt. And the same man who just got freed goes to find somebody who owes him some money. And I love the way the Bible does it. The Bible says this, this guy who just got freed and released of his debt goes to find somebody else who owes him some money. And the Bible says he goes and chokes him. Have you ever choked somebody because they owed you something? He goes and chokes him and demands, you must pay me back. And the man said, no, I, I don't have it. I don't have it to pay you back. And what does the man do? The man throws him in prison. The man locks him up. Because this other man could not pay back the debt. And so word got back to the master. Word got back to the master about what was happening. They went up to the master and said, hey, you remember that one man that you released from debt? You remember that one man that you released from prison and you cleared him of his debt? He's like, yeah, well, he went, as soon as he was freed, he went and went and demanded from somebody else who owed him money to pay him back. And when they couldn't do it, he had him thrown in prison. And so the master said, well, bring him to me. And the master called him in, and the master reminded this man of what had been done for him. The master reminded this man that he was cleared and freed of his debt. The master reminded this man that he took pity on him. And what had happened to this man and what this man did angered the master. So much so that he took the man. And the man was tortured by jailers, and he was forced to pay back all that he owed to the master. And Jesus goes on to say in verse 35, he says, This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Yeah, forgiveness isn't fair. Yeah, they don't deserve your forgiveness, but neither did we. And many of us are acting like man number one. We had a debt we needed to pay. We had a sin debt in our lives. And the wages of sin, the cost of sin was to die. We owed that debt. And the master, God, God Almighty, comes to collect on the debt. But what happens? Jesus steps in, says, you know what, I'll, 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 take, I'll take the wrath that is to come for this sin. I'll, I'll pay off this debt with my own life. I'll take the punishment for them. And so Jesus comes and takes what 
we deserved, which was to die. He takes that on himself on the cross. And because of that, now we are forgiven of our debt of sin. We are released of our sin debt. We are free men and women now. But then sometimes, like man number one, when somebody wrongs us, when somebody offends us, or when somebody causes us harm, we, we treat uh, uh, them like, like man number one did, where we go to them demanding they repay the debt to us, demanding that they make things right. In essence, not forgiving that person who caused us harm. Yet we've received one of the greatest acts of forgiveness in the history of mankind. Undeserving. We like to receive forgiveness, but we have a challenge and trouble giving forgiveness. And so it's not fair. And so why we don't forgive is we have a misunderstanding of forgiveness. We don't think it's fair. But another reason why we don't forgive is we just don't feel like we can do it. We don't feel like we can do it. And let me tell you something, you can't in your own strength. You can't forgive in your own strength. You can't forgive in your own might. You can't. But here's the, the, the good news in that is that, is that in 2 Peter 1.3, it says this. It says, his divine power. Come on, God's divine power. His divine power has given us everything we need. And so he, he's telling us there that we've had this divine power on the inside of us, this divine power that has equipped us and will strengthen us, has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And so he's saying, he's like, God has given you everything you need. God has given you the strength. You have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And there has been a person that there's been a person that has offended you. There's been a person that has hurt you, and you may say, "You know what? I just can't bring myself around to forgive them. I just can't do it." But you must trust that the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you can give you the strength to do it. And so we have misunderstandings about forgiveness. We don't think forgiveness is fair. We feel like we just can't do it, and the reality is you just can't in your own strength. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, with his strength on the inside of us, he gives us the power to forgive. And he will give you the power to forgive, even those who've hurt you so deeply, those that have hurt you bad. And so those are the reasons why we don't forgive. But now let me, let me, let me set you on course because, see, now those of you in here may say, okay, I know I'm supposed to forgive. Well, how do I do that? Because clearly it's easier said than done. 
It's easier said than done. So, so, so tell me, what, what, what steps do I need to take to forgive somebody? Because now I know how God feels about my unforgiveness. Now I know how God feels by how I think about this person. And that I need to forgive this person, need to forgive this man or this woman who has caused you harm, who has offended you. What do I need to do? And so what I want to do for our remaining time together is I just want to give us uh, uh, just a few steps that we must take to forgiveness. A few steps that we must take to forgiveness. And here's the challenging part that we're going to face today. Because even right now as I'm speaking, you're thinking about that person who caused you harm. You're thinking about that person who has offended you. And it's okay. Start thinking about them as I talk about these steps towards forgiveness. And when I'm about to tell you these steps, don't look at this according to the world's standards because, see, to the world, this doesn't make sense. To the world, this is, this is foolishness. The world doesn't get this. But I love what the scriptures say in, in, in uh, uh, right here. First Corinthians 1.25 says, For the foolishness of God, the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, right? And so to the world, this is foolish, but that's okay. Because my Bible says that even the foolishness of God is wiser. And so what we're going to talk about today, don't look at it through a world lens. Don't look at it through a world, uh, 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 through world vision, but look at it through the eyes of God. Look at it through the eyes of Scripture. Look at it through the eyes of the Bible. And so what must we do? What is the first step we must do towards forgiving that person who has offended us? Number one, write this down. We must pray for them. We must pray for them. Matthew 5.43 says, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who have caused you harm. Pray for those who have offended you. Pray for them. The next time they, they jump in your mind, the next time they pop in your head and your name pops up, their face pops up, begin to pray for them. Just a little transparency this morning. Um, I love what I get to do. I love pastoring. It's one of the greatest privileges. I love it. It's great. I love that I get to do it with my family. I love that we get to be a part of this. It, it, it's a it's a great thing. It is a privilege, and we don't ever want to take it for granted. But I'll be honest with you. There are seasons or certain times that we walk through where it gets difficult. Because sometimes we'll encounter people who will hurt us. Sometimes we'll encounter people who will offend us. Sometimes we'll encounter people who will misunderstand us. Sometimes you can encounter people who will lie about us. Like we've encountered these different things and scenarios from people. And we can get offended. And we've been hurt. And there are moments where I just want to sit and sulk and be upset at said people. But what I've been doing is I've been just training myself. Every day that when these people pop in my head, the first thing that I attempt to do is to pray for them. 
Let's pray for them. I don't know the state that they're in. I don't know what they're doing at the moment. I don't know anything else about them. All I know in that moment is I am praying for them. I'm saying, Lord, I'm taking them off my hook and placing them on yours. You pray for them. You pray for them. Because then that leads you to the second thing that you must do. Not only must you pray for them, another step towards forgiveness is you must bless them. What? Bless them. Luke 6, 27, again, Jesus. He says, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Not only praying for them, but then to bless them. Well, what does it mean to bless them? What does it mean to bless those? Well, what that means in, in blessing, it means really to, to, to speak well of them. Or another way we can put it is, uh, another way you can bless them, they may not be in your vicinity, they may not be in a place where you see them all the time, but when their name comes up in conversation, you don't speak ill of them. And I know how it is. It's easy to do when you're around friends and when you're around family and when you're around people that you really enjoy and, and, and the name of a person that comes up that offended you or hurt you in any way. We love to kind of add fuel to the fire and begin to talk about that person. Talk about the hurt that they caused you. Talk about the pain that they've caused you. And you begin to stir up the flames. But when we bless them, instead of, uh, instead of cursing them, instead of talking bad about them, we just don't say anything at all. Because, see, it's really difficult to bless and curse somebody at the same time. And I know there are people in your life that you want to curse so bad. People that have hurt you, people that have caused you harm. Say, it's impossible. How, how, how can I pray for them? How can I bless them? With the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you can. Bless them. Because when you bless someone, it, it, it keeps you from cursing them. And then it leads you to the third step. And this is, this is, this is really the kicker right here. This is, this is one of the biggest problems that people have with these steps towards forgiveness. Not only will you pray for them, not only will you bless them, but you must also do good to them. Well, wait a second. Praying for them, okay. They need Jesus. I'll pray for them. Bless them, okay. If I, if I can keep from talking ill about them and talking bad about them, all right, then, then I'll do that. But now you're saying to do good to them. To do good to them. Romans 12, 17. The Apostle Paul says this, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I love how he says, if it is possible. Right? Because this is the decision you must make. It's not on the other person. It's on you. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. 
Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We must do good to them. We must do good to those who have hurt us. We must do good to those who have offended us. We must do good to those who have caused us pain. Because see, here's what happens when you forgive. Whenever you forgive, you, you, you release uh, your resentment towards the person that offended you. You release the resentment. You release the resentment. Another thing that happens when you forgive is you, you release, this is, this is a hard one, Whenever you forgive, you release your right to hear, I'm sorry. You release your right to hear an apology. Because here's the thing, that person that offended you may never apologize to you. That person that offended you may never come to you and say, you know what, what I did was wrong, and I'm sorry. You may never hear those words come out of their mouth. But when you forgive somebody, you release your right to hear an apology. Now, should they apologize? Absolutely. Should they feel bad for what they did? Absolutely. But you and I both know that's not always the case. You may never hear an apology. But it still doesn't forfeit your right to forgive them. You release your right to an apology. You release the right to be bitter. You release the right to be bitter. And there are some of you, some of you watching online, there are those within the church that are walking around life with bitterness because of the unforgiveness that is on the inside of you. And when you forgive, you release the right to be bitter. You release the right. You also release the right. Now get this. Whenever this is where the world, this is where the world has a problem with, with this thinking. This is where the where the world sees this as foolishness. Whenever you forgive somebody, you release the right to get even. You release the right to get even. You hurt me. Now it's my turn to hurt you. You cause pain to me, now it's my right to cause pain to you. But see, when you forgive, you release that right. You release that right. And I know that's difficult to heart and hard to bear. I know that's difficult to understand. There have been people in my life that I've desired to want to get even with. But when I forgive them, I release that right. When I forgive them, I take them off my hook and place them on God's and let God deal with them. But see, the reason, some, one of the reasons why God hasn't dealt with some of the offenders in your life is because we've been in the way. We want to deal with them ourselves. We want to be the ones to punish them. We, we, we want to be the ones to take vengeance upon them. We want revenge. And God is saying, no, you step out of the way. Let me take care of them. Let me deal with 
them. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, and I'm closing with this. Dennis, you can come on up. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. See, forgiven people forgive. When you truly understand and know what it is to be forgiven, I know my life. I know what my life was. I know how sinful I was. I know how evil I've been. I know how wicked I've been. I know the schemes and the thoughts that have gone on in my head. And the very fact that God still put in motion for me to be forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross. The very fact that me, wicked, evil me, can be forgiven of my sin blows my mind. I'm so undeserving. And so when somebody hurts me or somebody offends me, what right do I have to not forgive and release them? The hurt was real. The pain was real. The offense is real. The trauma is real. But I've been forgiven. I've been released of the penalty of my sin. I've been set free. I now get to spend eternity with Jesus. What right do I have not to forgive? See, it's no fun walking through life with resentment and bitterness. It's no fun walking through life with unforgiveness on the inside of us. Today, it's time for you to release some people.